Let us pray. Set us free, Heavenly Father, from every bond of prejudice and fear that honoring the steadfast courage of your son Absalom Jones, we may show forth in our lives the reconciling love and true freedom of the children of God. Amen. Please be seated. Now that prayer should have sounded a little familiar. It was from the opening collect of our liturgy today, which we just did a few minutes ago. And I repeated it because I learned recently that if you're stuck on what to preach, it's in the collect. <laughs> so there you go. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> I didn't stop at the collect this week. I also prayed directly to Absalom Jones which Episcopalians are allowed to do as long as they know the difference between prayer and worship. So about midweek, I found myself calling upon blessed Absalom and asking him what the Spirit is saying to the church today in light of his feast. And Absalom did not answer directly, but indirectly. I think he did make some things known as I listened to the scriptures and to things I was reading and to his own words. This is what I think he was saying. If you're going to remember me, don't dismember me. Which is a way of saying, while you might not know every detail of my story or have time to recount it all, don't leave out the dangerous parts. And I heard him saying, tell them what freedom really means. Tell them what friendship with Jesus really requires. No pressure. What should we remember about blessed Absalom Jones, the first African-American priest ordained in the Episcopal Church. We got his whole biography in the opening song. And in the narratives that you can easily find online, we find that he was enslaved from his birth in 1746 until he was nearly 40 years old when he was granted manumission by Benjamin Wincoop, the man who enslaved him. Jones had previously purchased the freedom of his wife so that his children could also be free. He became a lay preacher at St. George Methodist Episcopal Church in Philadelphia and along with his friend Richard Allen was so successful at adding black members to the congregation that the white members tried to segregate them in the balcony. In response, Jones and Allen led a walkout from the church. Eventually, each would found a church for black congregations, Jones, the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas, and Allen, Mother Bethel, African Methodist Episcopal Church, both of which still exist today. Absalom Jones would lead the African Episcopal Church of St. Thomas for 24 years as a layman, then a deacon, then a priest. Throughout this time, he would actively advocate for an end to slavery. It would not happen in his lifetime. He died in 1818. 
But what of the dangerous memory? What can be forgotten in the celebration of firsts and foundings and church fathers? The trauma of enslaved people can be forgotten. Our country's economic underpinnings, which relied on enslaving people, can be forgotten. The inheritance of that wealth and its privileges for white people right into the present can be forgotten. Consider the dangerous memories that the Reverend Absalom Jones wove into his own preaching to his congregation of freed people, memories that were still fresh in their experience. On January 1st, 1808, Jones preached a sermon at St. Thomas expressing his joy and gratitude in the decision by Congress to abolish the formal Atlantic slave trade. This, of course, did not end the enslavement of people within the United States, which would not happen for nearly 60 more years. But Absalom Jones called it the first fruits of peace upon earth and goodwill to men. More than an act of Congress, it was an act of God. It was the act of a God who heard the cry of enslaved Africans, much as God heard the cry of Israel, Jones said. It was the act of a God who saw them. He has seen the wicked arts by which wars have been fomented among the different tribes of the Africans in order to procure captives for the purpose of selling them for slaves. Jones preached. He has seen the anguish which has taken place when parents have been torn from their children and children from their parents and conveyed with their hands and feet bound in fetters on board of ships prepared to receive them. He has seen such of them as have escaped from that noxious place of confinement leap into the ocean with a faint hope of swimming back to their native shore or a determination to seek early retreat from their impending misery in a watery grave. He has seen them exposed for sale like horses and cattle upon the wharves or like bales of goods in warehouses of West India and American seaports. He has seen them driven into the sugar, the rice, the tobacco fields, and compelled to work. He has seen them faint Beneath the pressures of their labors, he has seen them return to their smoky huts in the evening with nothing to satisfy their hunger but a scanty allowance of roots. He has seen all the different modes of torture by means of the whip, the screw, the pincers, and the red-hot iron which have been exercised upon their bodies by inhuman overseers. Absalom's words ring like a psalm of lament. 
and they resonate like a beatitude. As he rejoices on the one change in the slave trade that has happened in his lifetime, even as the institution lingers on, it is huge and it is not enough. The great and blessed event which we have this day met to celebrate is a striking proof that the God of heaven and earth is the same yesterday and today and forever, Jones tells his congregation. It was not slave owner Benjamin Wincoop who freed Absalom Jones. It was God. Because the God who sees for Absalom Jones is the God who frees, the God who remembers everything. Now, one of the great acts of our liturgy is the act of remembering. More often than not, our scriptures remind us of the painful stories that accompany freedom, of the horrors that God has seen through the eyes of God's people and through God's own human eyes as well. By the waters of Babylon, we sat down and wept when we remembered you, O Zion. As for our harps, we hung them up on the trees in the midst of that land. For those who led us away captive asked us for a song, and our oppressors called for mirth. Sing us one of those songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song upon an alien soil? The Eucharist is our most dangerous act of remembering because we insist that it makes happen what it remembers. We remember that it was more than a Passover meal a blessing of bread and wine, a sharing, more than an act of hospitality, we remember that that meal happened on the night before Jesus' death, the night he was betrayed, the night he was handed over to soldiers and to the mob. We remember that it was the night before his state-sanctioned killing, the night before he was lynched, an age-old act of terrorism practiced by people afraid of losing power. And we remember what God did to that event, transforming it into a sign not of defeat, but of life. That's a dangerous story. Because in that story, we remember what freedom is and what it means for God to call us friends. Freedom is a dangerous offer because it requires death to an old life before living into a new one. Friendship with God is a dangerous friendship because it means living lives of beatitude, gratitude for that which has not fully happened, rejoicing in things we still hope for, 
Absalom Jones knew that the offer of freedom that we relive every time we remember the night before Jesus died was not just an offer of freedom for himself or for his congregation at St. Thomas, but it was also an offer of freedom for the slaveholder Benjamin Wincoop, who attended Christ Church in St. Peter's in Philadelphia and served as its vestryman, warden, and benefactor. It was an offer of freedom for Bishop William White, who both ordained the church's first African-American priest in Absalom Jones, and who also became the vice president of the American Colonization Society, which sought to send freed black people back to Africa rather than have them live among white people. It's an offer of freedom for the oppressed and the oppressor because both are held bound, both are dismembered by what we choose to forget or refuse to acknowledge. But God remembers. God remembers who we were made to be and how we might fully become that in what we receive at this table. God's offer of freedom is both freedom from and freedom to. It is freedom from bondage. In this case, the bond of prejudice and fear, as the collect reminds us. It is freedom to live the reconciling love of the children of God, to become friends of Jesus. Now, to be Jesus' friend requires us to see our own place in the racial breach that continues to plague God's people. It asks us to lay down our lives so that God may transform them. It invites us to become instruments of repair, should we so choose. It's a choice that we are offered every week in the Eucharist, in that dangerous memory of a body broken and blood outpoured. It's a choice that requires all the help we can get. And so, blessed Absalom, pray for us. Amen. <laughs>